Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. We are continuing in this series this week, which we are calling Build on Belief. Now, in the last series, we learned that we can have a sturdy foundation by believing in Jesus and then listening to his commandments. The explicit commandments that he gave us were to love like him so that people will know that we are his followers, that we are disciples of his, and then to love like him and lay our lives down for our friends. So now that we know what we're doing with believing in this series, we're going to figure out what we're going to do once we start to believe in Jesus. What we're trying to figure out is what we do next. We are trying to figure out what it looks like to build on our belief. Now, before we go any further with this message, let's just take a moment to stop and pray. So y'all can just pray along with me just, and, and just say, Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the time that you've given to us. We just ask that as we are going and stepping before you, that you would allow your words to just ring out, that you would allow your words to just pierce our hearts. We ask that the Holy Spirit would just be opened up and, and just be pouring out on each and every one of us that are listening to these words right now, Lord. We thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all of these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I was reading through what we we're going to be talking about today, something hit me. Christmas lights. Yeah, Christmas lights. You see, our family has been living in our current house for almost a decade. And each year, we do our best to decorate our house at Christmas time in the best way possible. And what we do is each and every year, we add like one thing to our Christmas display. Uh, over the years, we've been able to throw in like colored lights, uh, you know, into our fixtures, added some inflatable balloons, like, a, you know, some reindeers, things like that. Uh, we've placed lights along our walkway, you know, so you kind of have that thing going on and, and lights in the bushes in front of our house. And at the rate we are going, we will have the most lights in the city of San Antonio by the year like 2062. Now, here's something that has happened, though. Each year, the lights that are older grow a little less bright. They get a little more dim. So what I do is I make sure they aren't the lights that are like front and center. They aren't the ones that are like in your face on display. They're the ones that go far in the back. You know, like the ones that you wouldn't look twice at. And in a lot of ways, this is what the rabbis of ancient Israel would do to people. If you weren't one of the top students, you'd get kind of pushed aside. You'd get sent to the back to be ignored. They didn't want your shine to get on them. Now, as we get started here, if you're interested in following along with us on your own, we'll be reading through the historical view of the Acts of the Apostles of Jesus as recorded by the disciple Luke. So we will, if you want to follow along, we will be in chapter 4 of the book of Acts. Now, before we can fully jump into this passage, I definitely want to give you all some context. Because if you, I just give you a story or give you an idea and it doesn't connect with the, the greater uh, narrative, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So remember, Peter, who's, who's the main character in this part, and it got an upgrade from Jesus, the Son of God. Someone walking with the full authority of God here on this earth. Peter was no longer going to be someone that followed. No, Peter had been given the purpose to lead. 
to tell everyone he could about Jesus. Because remember, Jesus told Peter, follow me. Basically, he told Peter to follow in his footsteps, and Peter was doing a great job of that. Now, what was amazing is that he was walking in those footsteps, and it worked like in an amazing way, because Peter stood in his purpose with boldness. 3,000 people changed their lives and decided they would believe in Jesus. From there, they started to build on their belief. From there, the movement of Jesus believers continued to grow. These believers shared everything they had. They ate together. They uh, broke bread. They, they prayed together. They did life together. All that good community stuff. Then, as they continued on, a miracle happened. Right outside the temple, Peter healed a man in the name of Jesus. He told that man to get up and walk in the name of Jesus, and that man did just that. Then the man started running and dancing around and in the temple, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, then came back to Peter and John, and a crowd gathered around Peter and John, and they started preaching. And that day, more than 2,000 people were added to that group. But... That got them squarely on the radar of the religious elite of their time. They were arrested, and they were going to have to stand trial against the governing body led by the Sadducees. Here's how Luke recorded this incident. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So there are a handful of things happening here in this passage. The first thing they do is question Peter and John. Who is your leader? How did you do this? And we see that Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and has the exact right thing to say. Peter tells them who he does follow, Jesus, then proceeds to explain how all these people in this council that Peter's standing in front of are the exact people that Jesus sent to die. He's pointing the finger directly at them, which I can't imagine gamed him a lot of favor in that group. Anyway, Peter continues on and, and does uh, that would change how the leaders looked at him. Peter explained that Jesus was brought back from the dead by God. Peter let them know how the resurrection of Jesus, then Peter connected it to a verse that would have been known very well by those leaders, Psalm 118, 22. It's a section where the author is explaining that the new temple will be built by God, which will make the old temple, the one that they're in charge of, and receive all their power and social standing from. This new temple will make that old one, the one they're in charge of, absolutely obsolete. Which means that if what Peter was saying was true, all of those dudes 
were going to have their lives turned upside down. And after that, Peter has his mic drop moment and explains what it looks like to be saved. Peter explains what needs to happen for those men to cleanse themselves from the sins they have committed. They'll need to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But like I said, if they did that, then they all knew what was going to be coming next. No matter how they were feeling, there was definitely one feeling they all shared. And it was for Peter and John. Let's take a look at what Luke wrote. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So there's a genuine awe coming from these leaders. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. They saw the knowledge that Peter spoke with. They also saw them as men that spent time with Jesus. And they couldn't deny the lame man that had been healed that was standing right there. I mean, it, it says it, right? He's, he's standing right there in the hearing with them. But there's also one other adjective that they have attached to Peter and John. Ordinary. Which doesn't sound that bad, but, you know, this book, there's a quick tidbit that we have to have here. The book about the lives led by the members of these early believers was translated from Greek into English. So sometimes it's really helpful for us to take a look at that language to get a better understanding of what the author was really trying to get across. So right here, the word ordinary, which in English, I mean, it doesn't seem that bad, but in the Greek, it's actually idiotes, which actually helped inform the creators of the English language with a word that we still use to this day, refrigerator. No, it's, it's idiot. You know the word because you probably just used it in the car not that long ago, or maybe you just used it when I told that terrible joke right now. <laughs> now, the literal definition of idiotes is a layman or ungifted person, but really what it meant when it was used that, uh, here for Peter and John was that they were uneducated, so uneducated that these, this council could just look at them and see how uneducated they were because they hadn't gotten the education needed to be speaking about God in the ways that Peter and John were. So these Sadducees knew what it would look like if they had received the special training, because they would have spent years and years and possibly decades doing this, following a rabbi around, studying the Jewish scriptures, following that rabbi, being allowed to follow the rabbi around. Then, then finally, after most of their adult lives, then they would be allowed to be one of these holy men. They knew that it wasn't Peter or John, that were that bright. They knew it was that if Peter and John were Christmas lights, they would have placed them all the way in the back. However, they couldn't deny what had already happened. That man was healed. So this council had to talk amongst themselves to figure it out, to figure out what they were going to do with Peter and John. Here's how Luke wrote it. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and confirmed, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone 
in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. This part gets me every time. The Sadducees and the rest of the council are baffled. They're like, what do we do? No matter what they pick, it's going to go poorly for them. They came to a decision, though. The council is just going to tell Peter and John to, like, just stop. Just stop talking about Jesus. Easy, right? You know, something they would find to be very, very reasonable. I'm sure Peter and John are just going to go right along with this plan, right? No. Because when Peter and John got in front of them, Peter again speaks with boldness. He says, you guys, y'all are the judges of this land. Who do you think I should obey? You or God? Then Peter answers his own question by letting them know who he is going to continue to serve. And that's when things get, get a little heated. The Sadducees start to threaten Peter and John further. But they realize they can't really do anything to them. Because if they do, there will be a full-on riot. And the council does not want that at all. So, they just let Peter and John go. Now, what do you think these dudes, the dim bulbs, what do you think they are going to do now that they are free. Well, let's take a look at how Luke recorded it. There he writes, As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So the first thing that Paul and John do is they go back to their community. They go and hang with their people to tell them all about what had just happened. 
They tell them all about the big win they just had. I mean, these dudes stood toe to toe with the most well-versed Jewish scripture scholars in the entire world. And not only did they come out unscathed, they came out on top. These idiotes, these dim Christmas lights, with the power of the Holy Spirit working within them, outshined what were thought of to be the brightest people in the entire world. So they celebrated and they prayed. They prayed because they knew that was the only way they could get anything to happen. These new believers understood that they aren't manufacturers of any of the amazing things that were happening. They understood they were couriers of this stuff. And that's just as good. I mean, because when someone shows up to your work with tacos, you don't really care if that person made them or not, right? You're just happy there's tacos there. Same thing here. Being the deliverer of the Holy Spirit's work is amazing, and it's a blessing to be a part of it. But as we see here, those believers faced opposition. They faced a group of people who had a personal interest in making sure that they were kept down. They had a personal interest in making sure this movement didn't grow, and they had the power to do something about it. So these new believers had to pray against all of that. They had to make sure that God was working for them on that side as well. And looking at today, sure, we deal with an enemy. Normally, we see it in the sense of spiritual attacks, but not as overtly physical as what the early believers had to deal with. I mean, maybe there, there may be some way, someday, that maybe some laws or something get passed against what we're doing, maybe. But I'm not really concerned about that at this moment. If something like that were to ever happen, who would you want to continue to serve? Man or God? Nothing in what we are striving to do to love this community around us would ever really change. But here's the thing. I think that we do have a real physical enemy that we are facing right now. And I think the real enemy that we Christians are facing right now is something that we are, play, that we are actually playing in a part of every single day. It's how we're building our narrative. That's the enemy. The ways believers in Jesus conduct themselves out in the world can be downright despicable. People outside of our community may see us as judgmental and angry and unloving which I understand, because that's what's being shown to them. Think about it. How easy is it for someone to build a narrative about a group of people that they don't ever see? How easy is it for someone to build a narrative about a group of people that only keep to themselves and only do things for one another? How easy is it for someone to build a narrative about a group of people when they, the only thing they actually hear from their mouths is what they are against and not what they are for. That's why it's so important for us, each and every one of us, not just me, all of us, to go out and love on the people in our communities. Yes, be sure to love the people in your family, love the people that are in this church, but in addition to that, love the people outside of these groups. The narrative for the Christian community has been built by the culture today. But it isn't unbreakable, and here's why. It's hard to build a narrative against someone that is loving them well. 
It's hard to build a narrative against someone that is caring for them in very thoughtful ways. Those teachers that we delivered coffee to not long ago probably aren't saying very mean things about us. The moms that got a free drink last weekend probably aren't calling us idiots. And the high school kids that we are giving sodas and waters to for their big senior picnic probably aren't going to call us jerks. So let's continue to do these things. Let's continue to serve and love our community in the best way possible. And you know what? You don't have to be a holy person to do that. Just a person. We read through this today. You don't have to be the brightest to do something great for God. You don't need more degrees than a thermometer to lead something for Jesus and in his name. Peter and John weren't great because they did it using their own power and intelligence. No, they were great because they watched what Jesus did. They saw how Jesus did it. They modeled what they were doing after Jesus. And they were great because they had the Holy Spirit working through them. They were great because they believed. Because remember, by believing in Jesus and how he laid his life down for us to be the perfect sacrifice for us, we get those things. Use them. Just like last week. Just give them what you got. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to buy someone a car. You don't have to pay for someone's college. You don't have to pray for someone so intently that you sweat blood. No. Just give what you have and God will do the rest. Show up to the places you need to show up in and the Holy Spirit will work through you. Here's what we saw and what we read today. It doesn't matter how bright you can make yourself shine because the Holy Spirit will shine brighter through you than anything you could ever do on your own. Remember, everyone on that temple council was well-educated, powerful within the community, and probably very well off. Then there was Peter and John, idiotes. And remember where the Spirit was? It wasn't with the special training. It wasn't with the power, it wasn't with the wealth. It was with the ones that had spent time with Jesus. So I wanna encourage you in that. Do your best to spend time with Jesus this week. So when the time is right, you can push back on that narrative that has been built about our group. Do your best to spend time with Jesus so you can show someone what it feels like to be loved. And then you can tell them about who Jesus is. Then you can tell them to be a part of this community here at Kuo. Now, maybe that's you. Maybe you are the person that's on the outside looking at this community of Jesus believers today. Well, if that's you, I'm glad you're here right now. I'm grateful that somehow, some way, Jesus led you to this. And I want to help you in your belief. And even if it's just like 1% belief, that's something that Jesus can work with. So right now, I'd like to help you confirm that belief in Jesus with a simple conversation that you'll have with him, which we would call a prayer. So if you want to do that, I want to help lead you in that conversation right now. And I get it. This can be a little weird. This can be a little different for you. So in this moment, I'm going to give you some help. I'm going to ask the entire Akuo community to be praying along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community with you. So to confirm that belief, just 
say something like this along with me. Just say this between you and Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed. And whether you've been a believer for the last four seconds or the last four decades, and you want to let your light shine bright with the Holy Spirit, pray something like this with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything you have done for us. Thank you for everything that you have done for me. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, I ask you to remind me that the Holy Spirit lives within me. Jesus, remind me that even though I might not have the training or abilities that I think I need, I pray that you would show me the right way to go. Jesus, show me the exact way and the exact thing that I need to do to love the people that are around me. Jesus, unleash the Holy Spirit within me. Help me build on my belief. Jesus, thank you for everything. And we pray all these things in your holy and awesome name, Jesus. Amen. Now, before we finish up here, there are a few things that I do want to share with you. The first thing I want to talk about is something coming up very soon. On May the 22nd, we will be doing child dedications. Now, here at Akuo Church, we don't do uh, infant or baby baptism, so we won't be like pouring any water or anything like that on the babies. But what we do is, is we want those people that get baptized to go ahead and do it on their own decision, with their own belief. So normally babies and children, we do something a little different called child dedications. Now, child dedications is just a time that parents will bring their children up to the front of the church and declare that they will raise their children in the ways of God, in the ways of Jesus. They will make sure that solid foundation is built for them and all the people in the Okuo community agree to help you guys bring those children up in that way. So again, that'll be happening on May the 22nd. So if you have one or more kids that you would like to get dedicate, you can sign up now by clicking on our website or by looking at any of our social media pages. Also, because this is such a fun day, be sure and tell your family and friends to show up and celebrate along with us. We wanna make sure that everybody is celebrating this special occasion. And the next thing I wanna talk about are our dinner groups that will be happening all around town. Akua, we have talked about over the last few weeks how the group of early believers in Jesus met together in homes, they shared dinner. And I want us to be able to do that in our community as well. So starting today, we will have signups for you to go to a dinner on Friday, June 3rd, Saturday, June 4th, and, or, and Sunday, June 5th. However, we're only doing these signups in person, so you need to be sure and show up and get signed up. Or you can send us a message if for whatever reason you're not gonna be able to get there over the next few weeks. Now, as of now, we have dinners happening on the south side, a dinner downtown, one in Beacon Hill, one on the east side, and a few in the Woodlawn Lake area. Now, these dinners won't just be for our church friends. This will be a time where we wanna encourage you to invite your neighbors and people outside of the church to see what it is like to be around our community. 
Now, one of the other things that we will be doing to make sure that people know that they are loved, to make sure that people know that us believers in Jesus love people, to break that narrative, is we're going to be going and joining the Feed Essay initiative that was started at City Church many years ago. What they do is help stock the food bank at times when they are in desperate need of food. So in summer, here the food bank's donations go down while their need for food goes up. So what we're gonna be doing is making donations to the food bank over the next few weeks. And it's gonna be finishing up on May the 29th. That's gonna be our big collection day. We're gonna get one of those red bins to put out during services and you can drop off some food in that way or you can give money. What, the way the food bank breaks it down is that they're connected to a handful of different corporate partners. So for every dollar you give, they can buy seven meals. And to make it easy to donate to them, we're putting a new line item on our giving for you to do that electronically. Now to do that, you will have to make your donation by the end of the month. Now, we will also have Saturday, May the 21st set aside that morning so we can go and serve by working in the food bank's urban farm. You can get signed up for that on our website, but you gotta do it this week. Otherwise, they're gonna open it up to the public and our slots are gonna get taken. Now, cool. we can't do any of these things. We can't serve these people. We can't show these people that they are loved without you and your generosity. So I just want to thank you guys for how generous you are in very sacrificial ways. I super appreciate that. And in that, if, if you haven't started yet, it's okay. We would love for you to get started there. We want you to talk to God first. We want you to go to him and ask him, how should I be generous right now? Now, if you aren't sure where to start or you aren't hearing anything, the way that you can get started is through the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse which is your local church. That could be the place that you start, but no matter what it is, we want you to talk to God about it and see what he has to say. Now, also, sacrificial giving might, might, might not be the thing that you can do right now. And if that's you, it's okay. If that's you and you need some help, you need somebody to be linked to you during that time, please come to the church. This is what we exist for. So if you need anything at all, or you know someone that needs some help, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow all of the instructions that pop up on your screen. We also have the text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text akuo A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we will be continuing to pray for you all week long and every week after that. Now, before we go, normally I'll, I'll, I'll say a prayer over you, but today I want to pray a very specific prayer over you. It's the same one that Peter and a group of early believers were praying together as they were dealing with opposition and adversity in their lives. And so let me just pray that prayer over you right now. Oh Lord, hear the threats that are coming against us and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. 
may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Please be with this community here at Akua, Lord. Thank you for everything. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at a community group, and hopefully we will see you loving your community this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.